This week on the Hab Forum, oh boy, are uh, are we happy to be eating crow today? We were incredibly wrong. If you're actually listening to us after our podcast last week where we were completely depressed and completely thought the Habs had no chance of coming back, well, we appreciate you giving us another chance. And uh, we are very happy to say we were completely wrong. The Canadians pull off the miracle comeback from down 3-1 and beat the Toronto Maple Leafs in seven. It's hilarious. It's amazing. I, I don't know about you, Dustin, but I've just been watching reaction videos of Leafs fans. I'm like almost as excited at, 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 at the fact that they lost as I am at the fact that we won. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what I'm happier about: the Canadians advancing or the Maple Leafs losing in the first <laughs> yeah, round. Again. Yeah, exactly. It's very close. Very p- part of me wants to feel bad for them, but then I remember how toxic the Leaf fan base can be, and uh, I, I get over it. So, of course, we're going to go over the last three games, the two OT wins, the basically perfect Game 7 by the Canadians, and preview right away. We're on to the next game tomorrow, the Jets. Uh, uh, so the Canadians are in Winnipeg to face the Jets. I mean, Canadians and Jets were pretty close during the season. Another team that kind of limped into the playoffs like the, like the Canadians, so... They swept the Oilers, so a bit of a different uh, thing there. But we'll 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 touch on that a little bit. And uh, I mean, aside from that, just talk about the uh, the implications of this win. I mean, we were talking about cleaning house last week. I don't know if it's the same uh, same feeling in uh, in Montreal <laughs> after uh, yesterday's win. But uh, but first, Dustin, uh, tell us who our sponsor is. So the Habs Forum is brought to you by Manscaped.com, the new Lawnmower 4.0. Check out the uh, the new Lawnmower 4.0 and the rest of the All Star lineup at Manscaped.com. Use promo code Habs Forum for 20% off your purchase and free shipping. Again, guys, with the well, at least here in Quebec, quarantine opening up, and it's it's going to be time to look good, feel good, and and just feel fresh. You know, you want to look your best, and uh, Manscaped is definitely there to give you a hand with that. So check them out, guys. All right, so let's get right into it. So this time last week, well, not quite this time last week, but on Wednesday last week, we record the episode coming off a terrible 4 nothing lead, complete uh, 4 nothing uh, loss, complete domination by the Leafs. Canadians look completely outclassed, like they have no chance whatsoever. And then they go and win back-to-back OT games, and that game seven, and I don't even know where to start. I mean, just the two OT games. In both of those games, they blew the lead. They blew the multi-goal lead, but then still won in overtime. And then the kids win it in overtime. And then just, I, I just, I just don't. And of course, how can we forget <laughs> Carey Price? Carey Price just, just proving that we're all idiots for doubting his his contract and all that. Okay, the regular season is just not interesting to Carey Price. Okay, he, he he's here for the playoffs, so I, I think we can put to rest all this talk of trying to convince him to to go to Seattle or anything like that. Uh, Carey Price, I think, is going to stay in Montreal for a very long time. My goodness, I mean, like it, it's crazy. I mean, and obviously we're not the only ones that were you know thinking that the Canadians were done after Game Four. I mean, if you took a look on Twitter, even the most you know, optimistic fans yeah. were were basically saying it's over. This team is awful. And I mean, honestly, you know, I, I don't think we were over exaggerating. I mean, this team would looked terrible. Yeah, they had no effort whatsoever. I mean, the, 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 Dominic Duchamp looked completely lost out there. 
And what a 360. I mean, first of all, yes, what a 360. But, I mean, let's be honest here. Without Carey Price, which do they win any? I think I think they win game seven without Carey Price. Yeah. Aside from that, they would have lost all six first games, if we're being honest here. But regardless, I mean, it was a great team effort. I mean, especially, like you said, in game seven yesterday. I mean, it, they literally played, like, the perfect game yesterday. Everybody oh, was absolutely perfect. I mean, that that game seven was was it, it was just a masterclass of a game seven on the road, honestly. And yes, Carey Price made Price made some big saves and was but the big thing about it too is Carey Price for game seven, like it, it was clearly in the Leafs' head. Like every game, so, so basically, it looked like after game four that the whole curse, the whole thing above the Leafs' head was kind of gone. They were moving past it. And then they came out kind of flat in Game Five. The Leafs probably thinking they uh, they already had it in the bag. And then Armia decided, oh, I'm gonna have one of those games where I'm gonna look like I'm the best player in the NHL, and just goes ahead and scores two goals in the first. And then they still come back, but they win in overtime. So they gave, they gave us an inch basically in that Game Five. And then it just as soon as we won in overtime there, just since then you can tell that this Leafs team has just been completely deflated. And they just, yesterday, because even even the game against uh, Game 6, where they almost came back, the two goals were deflections off Petrie, right? So they still couldn't beat Price on a clean shot, and they knew that. And yesterday, you could see them, Matthews and and and, and, and Martyr, and like all, all their players, they were just trying to pick the perfect shot, making that extra pass, because they, they felt like they couldn't beat Carey Price clean. I mean, Austin Matthews has one of the best wrist shots in the NHL, and he has beat Carey Price clean on just no, no one in front of Carey Price, just one on one, top corner. He's done that multiple times in his young career against Montreal in the regular season. But yesterday, he just he he looks. They all looked scared of him. Like they couldn't beat this guy. He was in his. It was beautiful to see, honestly. Yeah, he was absolutely in their heads. I mean, you know, you 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 saw it as as time went on, and you know, not only the other players, like you know, they're like they're big players like Mitch Marner and 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 Matthews, obviously. But it it plays a lot in the other goalie as well. And, you know, I mean, Jack Campbell, you know, he didn't, he didn't play that bad. I don't think he really had to be that great the whole series no. for the most part. Um, but I mean, obviously he would love to have that first goal back. It wasn't uh, definitely wasn't a great goal. Um, and I mean, when you see the other, the goalie at the other end playing like that, playing on his head, I mean, it, it definitely plays on you too, because you know, you can't make a mistake. And if you make one mistake, it's going to completely deflate your team. And that's what we saw yesterday. But the, the um, one thing I'll say about the Gallagher goal, like I of course agree that it was a bad goal by Campbell. Like, I don't know if you saw Campbell's post game interview. I kind of feel for like the Leafs. The yeah. thing about the Leafs is that if it wasn't the Toronto Maple Leafs, they had a lot of feel good stories of a team that if the Habs weren't in it, there'd be the team to be rooting for. I would never root for the Leafs, but a guy like Jack Campbell, you know, you, you want to root for him with his career and all that. Then they had the veterans like Joe Thornton that never got the cup yet. You want to see them win it and all that. But of course it was the Leafs. So, you know, who cares? But <laughs> I do feel for Jack Campbell. Cause I don't know if you saw that post um, post game conference where he was in tears about that goal, about just, he, he described it as the worst goal he's ever allowed and how he blames the loss on himself entirely, which is, first of all, entirely not fair. The Leafs did not show up at all for Game 7. And the, the Habs um, outplay them top to bottom, not not just because of that bad goal. But what I want to say about the goal specifically is how many goals like that 
have we seen Brendan Gallagher score? How many times has Brendan Gallagher scored a goal where you think the goalie did a bad job or looked like looked like an idiot? Like part of me kind of feels like I don't know. Just Gallagher just knows how to like. I, I don't know if it's deceptive. His shot, he just—he always shoots when he like. There's no bad shots in a game seven. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to take credit away from Gallagher's goal there because I've seen him score too many goals like that one to just chalk that up to a bad goaltender and a lucky goal for for Gallagher. He—that's just—it's just what he does. Yeah, you know, I mean, we were waiting the whole series, and obviously he's not at 100%. Mm. I mean, I think that's pretty clear. You know, we were waiting the whole series for him to finally break out, and and I mean Gallagher, you know, he's always, always one of the one of the leaders for the Canadians, and obviously stepped up at exactly the right moment. And and yeah, you know, he has scored a lot of goals like that in the past, but I mean that it still wasn't it wasn't a very good goal. Uh, especially game seven, you know, it, it did deflate the other team a little bit, but obviously not Jack Campbell's fault, uh, you know, that the, that the Maple Leafs lost in seven. I mean, you know, they, they couldn't, they couldn't score a lot of their players, you know, just, just, I mean, were terrible. I mean, well, I mean, not terrible. I, I think Mitch Marner was pretty awful. Yeah. He went and Arpin Basu yesterday, he tweeted out that he can't remember a player looking more nervous than Mitch Marner yeah. looked yesterday. Well, so that's the thing. As the series progressed, like, I don't think they start, any of them started awful, but as the series progressed, I mean, and the Marner, his one saving grace is that he was killing us on the PK. He was absolutely doing a fantastic job on the PK. Our power play could not do anything, and he was a big reason for that. And then, like, we both agree that that delay of game penalty is stupid. And as much as I don't think that that should be a penalty, Marner deserved a penalty on that delay of game penalty. Like, I, I that was one of the most boneheaded delay of game penalties I've ever seen. He had no one around him at yeah. all. And he, he just, all the time in the world, he could have skated it out easily. No one was touching him. And then he just yeah, flips it, was... gives us the five on three. <laughs> I mean, you be, yeah, you, you very likely, but well, potentially cost your team the series, right? hundred percent. Just, just by that, right? The Canadians were up one, nothing at that point. Um, you know, I mean, the, the, the Maple Leafs just lost the, um, the, the goal challenge. So they were down five on four and then they Which go was down a terrible challenge. Awful. Also. What a bad challenge. What oh my a, oh, God. You know, I mean, I could have seen it getting brought back if Campbell made an effort to get back in the net, yeah. but like he didn't even seem to make an effort. Well, but to me, though, in that situation, considering like where they were in the game, uh, it, it was the first goal and all that. And just considering like the firepower on the Leafs, unless you are 100 percent sure, I feel like you can't like that was too. There's no way they were that confident. In, in, I, and it's like they didn't trust themselves to come back. And like the, the, the Habs, that goal was a power play goal, which means now that power play feels confident and you're going to give them another chance right away. I mean, <laughs> that that was that was a horrible. That that was them. If I'm a Leafs fan, I'm absolutely furious at how these last few games have have shaped out. Absolutely furious. Oh yeah, I mean, you got to think that like heads are. I mean, I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but I mean, you, I mean, the way that they've. I mean, they haven't won a playoff series in I think 17 years now. Yeah. I mean, heads are going to roll at some point. I mean, I don't know what they have to do. I mean, like obviously they have their big players. You know, I mean, obviously losing John Tavares at the at the beginning of the series that yeah. that was huge. I think losing Jake Muzzin Jake might Muzzin have been for Game Seven. Bigger. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he yeah. might have been even bigger loss for the Maple Leafs. But 
I mean, where, where do they go from here? I mean, I don't know the, the, that's coach. the thing, though, honestly. I mean, this is a Habs podcast, and I don't want to dwell too much on yeah, the Leafs. No. But I honestly think, considering the Tavares injury, assuming he's good to come back, and it seems like he was already skating, and what happened with Muzzin, and I honestly think, and I know Leafs fans don't want to hear this, but the move for the Leafs is just to chalk this up as a fluke series. Like, honestly, it, it seems stupid to say that because they keep doing it, but the biggest mistake they could make is think that they need to flip this thing completely. They have a bunch of UFAs, all those like kind of like guys that they use to fill out their roster and all that. Obviously, there's going to be change, change there, but I don't need, think that much change is needed at, at the top, honestly. And I do think John Tavares being in this lineup probably makes makes the difference for, for the Leafs because not only... And like we we, we I, I sometimes hate how much leadership and all that is brought up, but I mean, just just look at the guys like Eric Stahl and and Corey Perry for the Canadians. I mean, Eric Stahl, we shot on him so much since they they acquired him, <laughs> and he had he had two assists in Game Seven, including the the, the he he created a turnover on on, uh, on Marner that that created the the the, the breakout for for Gallagher and like, and like we've already talked about it was a bit of a weak goal but it was still a breakout opportunity for Gallagher created by by Eric Stahl and then Eric and then he got the assist on the empty net goal two more assists he had four assists in the series which makes him one of the top scorers on the team so th- that leadership does seem to make a difference i mean we saw it from Price when they were down 1-3 like they needed they desperately needed someone to rile them up in, in, in the last three games, and they just didn't have it. It just wasn't there. Yeah, it's uh, – anyway, like you said, I mean, we're, we're a Canadians podcast, not a Maple Leafs podcast, but, uh, yeah, definitely ha- happy to see them lose again. And, uh, and I mean, hopefully, you know, as a Canadians fan, hopefully they do blow it up and make some, some yeah. stupid decisions moving forward. But, I mean, as far as the Canadians go, man, like – like, like, obviously, after game four, we're just shitting on them, shitting on everybody, shitting on the effort, shitting on the coaching staff, shitting on Bergevin. And, I mean, I think almost rightfully so still. I mean, I'm still not happy with a lot of decisions that were made. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I still don't see why Romanov hasn't played yet. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of people seem to think that Romanov might be playing, it might be more likely to play against Winnipeg. Hopefully he does at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I would say, especially in game six, when, you know, you had Gustafsson and Kulak in there and they only played something like, I think a little over six minutes. Like, why could you not have Romanov just play six minutes, right? Well, I will give props to Deshaun there where he recognized that that was a mistake, I think. Yeah. And then he fixed that in game seven. The, the, the way he used his defense in game seven, I mean, I don't know why he feels like he can't trust Kulak more than he can. Uh, but I, I wonder if part of it is the lack of a right-handed shot. He doesn't li- like using them on their off hands. And if they play together, it means they're on their off hands. But how he was kind of rotating them and kind of changing who the defensemen were playing with. And uh, chemistry in general is not as important, I don't think, on, on the back end as it is on, on, on the front end, especially for veteran guys like Weber or Petrie. Like, I think they can get the job done, wh- whoever kind of their their, their backup uh, – not their backup, but their partner is. So I loved what Duchamp did with, with his defense for – for uh for game seven but but i really hope like you said we see romanov against winnipeg because i also think romanov will fit the mold better against a team like like winnipeg because the thing with the 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 leafs even though we kind of shut them down and all that they they're still a team that has the the firepower to just kind of like take a turnover and 
right away it's it's in the back of the net right and now the jets they're kind of similarly built to the canadians where they do have some top end ta- talent in mark shifley and all that but it's not to the same level as a guy like austin matthews and they're more of a depth team they're a bigger team they're a team that can hit a lot like the canadians can so that's that's you'd think that's when you want to put romanov in the lineup here and i, I want to see him early too this, this team is coming off a super emotional game seven only a couple of days off Putting him some fresh legs into the lineup is not a bad idea. I I I don't think, especially a guy like Romanov who can create, can wake up a team like because who knows how they're gonna come out. It's hard to come back back from such an emotional game to to, to then go play game game one two days later. You know. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see tomorrow. I mean, uh, you know, obviously they only had today off. They played yesterday. They're playing mm-hmm. uh, playing the first game tomorrow. It's it's really gonna be interesting to see because I mean the 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 Jets have been on I believe game obviously they swept the Oilers um, they I believe their last game was on Monday yeah last Monday so I mean they're basically going like nine games or nine days without a game so you know I mean are they gonna be rusty or are they That's just gonna the be thing. rested and, we've I mean, seen that in the past. In yeah. the past, people always give advantage to the team that that swept because they're more rested. But we've seen it in the past uh, that that team is, is not necessarily ready to go. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Canadians take the first game again, but then the Jets coming back stronger for the next couple of games. In, in in any case, I I definitely don't think we're seeing a sweep or anything like, like this is gonna be a close series. Uh, I I really think so. I mean, if you look at the season series, the Jets did win in win it six and three, uh, but it was. For the Canadians, three, three, and three. So we all know how the Canadians couldn't do anything in overtime in uh, in the regular season, and overtime is completely different in the playoffs. So, so really, it, it was a completely even series, uh, uh, if you ask me, in the regular season. And uh, I think that's what we're going to see in, in in the playoffs again. But yeah, I I'm a little concerned though, because like you, like you were touching on, like there's still decisions I didn't like. That here's the thing. I don't know what's your opinion on Duchamp now, but. 100% guaranteed he gets a contract now, regardless of what happens against Winnipeg. Yeah, probably. Uh, yeah, you got you got to figure that for sure. I mean, yeah, like like I said, man, like there was a lot of decisions that I definitely didn't like. I mean, I I wasn't crazy about Game Five, and and again, Game Six, you know, playing those two defensemen only six minutes, I thought that was yeah. a little ridiculous. But Game Seven, I mean, for all Dominic Ducharme has got shit on by us and by a lot of Habs fans, Game Seven he was absolutely. A master class in game masterclass. seven. Out coached uh, Sheldon Keefe big time. You know, like you said, I mean, you already touched on the defenseman, the way that he, he uses defensemen, the way that he he basically had two centers out there yeah. every time the defensive zone. I mean, he would you couldn't have asked for a better effort from the coaching staff, from the players, from everybody. Uh, I mean, yeah. So he probably probably did save him. And Carey Price had a big hand in that, obviously, too, saving saving his job with Montreal and. It's going to be a tight series. Like, I'm, I definitely think that it's going to go seven. You know, either way, it's going to go seven against the Jets, I think. And, and it's it's going to be really interesting to see what it, what it is tomorrow. I mean, you know, the Canadians, yes, they're ready. They're coming off a high. But hopefully, you know, they're not too emotionally drained after, you know, a tough series against the Maple Leafs. Yeah, because I look at a guy like Gallagher. Like you said, he he was obviously playing injured. But, and he, but for game seven, he didn't just get that one – "Quote unquote fluky goal." He had a great game. He he it was by far the best game of, of the playoffs for him, and it, that that was a fact before he even scored his goal. Like he was looking much better, and I don't think he just magically got better. You know, magically got healthy. I think that's Brendan Gallagher 
going deep, 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 deep down and putting everything he has into this game seven, right? And yeah, well, you just wonder, like, it, 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 did a lot of the players on this team do that for for this series? And how much are they going to have left going to going to Winnipeg? Yeah, I mean, definitely. And that's well, especially. I mean, I think there are obviously a lot of guys, and I mean, I'm, I'm sure for every team it's the same thing. There's a lot of injuries, but I mean, Gallagher is definitely not the only guy that's injured. I mean, I'm pretty yeah. sure Ben Sherratt's injured. Jeff Petrie looks Anderson. Injured. Anderson, Shea Weber, uh, you know, he's definitely not at 100% either. So, you know, I mean, even more re- reason to play Romanov, I'd say, um, you know, you're going to have to roll four lines as much as possible, you know, to keep keep the guys fresh. And I mean, I think it's going to be a really physical series against, you know, against the Jets. Like you said, I mean, the Jets are very similar to the Canadians. Don't don't have the high skill that the Maple Leafs do, but they're they're a much more physical team. And, you know, they don't necessarily have the have the top end talent. I mean, obviously they have, uh, you know, Mark Shifley and, and and Connor and that. But on defense, they're not necessarily super strong, yeah. but they have an absolutely fantastic goalie. Yeah. So in Connor Hellebuck. So it's it's going to be a really close, a really exciting series. It's going to be a gritty series. And, uh, yeah, it's it's going to be tough for sure for the Canadians. Because if you look at their forward group to me, they have similar depth to the Canadians while having players that are kind of a step ahead of the Canadians fours. It's like they have their young players in guys like Kyle Connor, Mark Shifley, Ehlers, or, or Pierre-Luc Dubois that they acquired this year. You, you can compare them to the young guys Montreal has, but the young guys Montreal has are like five years younger than these guys, right? They're, they're like these guys five years ago. So the, the, the this Jets forward group, whilst not being full of veterans, you know, they, they have – they 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 more they have more experience than our forward group while having kind of the same amount of depth. Like they're they're not oh like the game seven for the the Leafs you basically just had to shut down the one line because they put Nylander, Marner, and Matthews on the same line and no one else worried me on the Leafs honestly no one else worried me I would I was I would like other players scored obviously but for game seven I would have been shocked if anyone else beat Price but that's not the case with this Jets team. Where the difference is now you said they have a fantastic goaltender but their their defense is not. I mean, they, they're they're yeah, workhorses. Josh Morrissey, and then after that, it's 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 not nothing great. Like it, Montreal's defense is is that is definitely stronger than when the the Jets have. Now it's whether or not what kind of series Hellebuck is going to have because Hellebuck, I mean, he he just he's coming off a monster series, and I, and I know we're in love with Price. We're calling him best goaltender in the world and all that, but Hellebuck is not far off Carey Price. No, I, th- I think Hellebuck might be the most underrated goalie in the NHL. I mean, he definitely doesn't get the love that he sh- he definitely deserves because he's – I mean, I think he's just as good as um, – I mean, well, maybe not as good – well, yeah, I mean, Carey <laughs> Price, the way he played in the series against the Maple Leafs. But, I mean, I think he's just – you know, he should be in the conversation every year for, yeah. for the Vezina for sure. Uh, but yeah, like you said, I'm mean, on defense. They don't necessarily have a great defense. Obviously, you know, you mentioned Josh Morrissey. They have Neil Pionk as well, who's you know a little bit more offensive uh, minded than than defensive minded. But yeah, after that, there's there's definitely a pretty big fall off. So you know, it's it, it's going to be tough. It's going to be more. It's it's going to be a completely different series than they had to play against the Maple Leafs. And and really, just the one thing that scares me is you know, and and I feel like we've seen it in the past when the Canadians. They grid out that seven game series win and then like they're kind of emotionally drained afterwards. And, they, you know, they, they sort of, 
you know, fall, fall a little bit flat in the second rounds. And, you know, that's kind of like, well, it wasn't a seven game series last year against the Penguins, but, you know, it was a, it was, a, I think, an emotionally draining upset win against the Penguins, and then they weren't necessarily that great against the Flyers. We've, you know, we've seen it in the past too. But, I mean, maybe not recently. They haven't really been in the playoffs recently, but, you know, it's it, it wouldn't be the first time. Um, well, so, you know, hopefully they can come out strong tomorrow. Now, where would to get back to this the Leaf series? Where would you rank it? Because we've kind of been blessed as uh, as Habs fans, even though we haven't our generation really seen any any cup wins right you know I, I don't know about you i don't i don't remember 93 very, very very well it's it's a long time ago at this point and they went six years without winning uh, a series uh i mean i mean there was last year with the, the play-in but that we've seen a few of these upsets game seven upsets i mean there was that run with the two with halak and all that and, and like if you look at the the, the advanced stats and all that i, I was looking at a, at a board with all the percentages and all that and you know, like they give percentage to win and all, and and, th- and this thing, there was like, in in the last I don't know twenty years, there's only four series where the team that had less than seventy five percent chance of winning won, and three of them were wins by the Canadians. You know, so it's not the first time we see the Canadians pull an upset like this. They've done it against the Bruins, they did it against Pittsburgh. Where do you rank this one? It's been a while, so it almost feels like, like, am I overreacting and saying this is the best one, or is it the best one because it's against the Leafs? Well, I think maybe it is the best just because it's against the Leafs. But I remember when they lost game four, um, you know, I, one one thing that came to mind to me was in 2004 when they were down 3-1 against the Bruins. I don't know if you remember that when Kovalev uh, was – he was on the ice and he got like slashed. and he ended Oh, up yeah, and he bumped into like Sheldon Sir. Yeah. That – immediately came to mind to me like it was like impossible that the canadians were going to yeah. come back that after losing that way yeah. and i remember every you know everyone at school and when i when we were in high school everyone in high school was like oh no it's over i mean there's absolutely no chance and then they ended up fighting back you know against against a team that they were, i mean I, I believe they were in eighth they finished the season in eighth place that year and uh, they were up against the bruins who finished in first I, th- mm-hmm. I think they won the president's trophy that year. So obviously they were, the, you know, they were obviously not the favorites at that point and they ended up fighting back and, you know, really behind Joe Earl in, in large part because of Jose Theodore's play. Yeah. And I mean, that, that definitely reminds me of, of that series and, and the same sort of emotion and, and just not being able to believe it when they actually won game seven. And the, uh, the, what's, they talked about it yesterday on the TVR broadcast about that because you know who played in both those playoff series. Who? Joe Thornton. Oh, that's true. Yeah, of course. <laughs> oh, that's true. They did mention it yesterday. So, so we we kind of kicked Joe Thornton out of Boston because that's that that was basically the nail in, in the coffin for him. He couldn't win in Boston is what they thought, and now we may have kind of ended his hopes of ever winning a cup. Like, I don't know if he's going to come back. He was a liability for the Leafs here by, by, by the end there. Like we, we, we like to talk about how uh stall is slow in it. And I was so bummed when Joe Thornton signed it. Cause I've always like, ever since he's left Boston, I mean, giant beard, San Jose sharks, Joe Thornton. I've always been a big fan of his. He always has great, like great uh, quotes and all that. Love to see him win a cup, but as soon as he signed with Toronto last year, I was like, "Ah, oh, come on, man! Like, do you not want people to root for you?" But I, I it, it is kind of funny. He was there for both. The one thing I will say, I don't know if it's because I was younger, I feel like I the 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 Bruins and Habs rivalry was still a more kind of passionate uh, 
rivalry. There's something about this Leafs team that, like, I almost feel sorry for them. Like, because there's, like, no – like, almost not for them, but for the fans. It's like there's no passion from this group. And this is where I think a guy like, like John Tavares might have made a difference. I mean, it's not like John Tavares has won anything in the NHL either. He just has that kind of, like, vibe of being a, a good leader. But who, who, who knows, really? But there's something about this – Leafs team that it's just like I don't know it's the Bruins series I just I hated the Bruins so much I just wanted to kill the Bruins I respected them but I wanted I wanted to kill the Bruins. Uh, well, it's, it's I, mean, I, I I I hate the Maple Leafs more than I've ever hated the the Boston mm. Bruins and I I've, I definitely hated the Boston Bruins a lot like especially before but I mean I think I think that had a lot to do with we played them so many times yeah like in a short period of time and I mean the Maple Leafs I mean this is the first time since. I think it was 1967 that we played them. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, obviously, uh, you know, it's, it's been, <laughs> we don't play them too often, at least not in the playoffs. So, I mean, you know, I think that has a lot to do with it, but, um, but I mean, the, the rivalry, I think is getting bigger and bigger and uh, no, I definitely hate them. I'm, I don't feel too bad for the Maple Leafs. <laughs> well, the, the, the thing with, uh, well, for me also, uh, like I did live in Toronto for seven years. So I do have friends that like, no, they're good people. You know, they're not, they're, they're not demons, you know, they're, they're Leafs fans, <laughs> but they, they're still good friends. You know, I've been, I've been to a, a wedding of a Leaf fan and all that. And I actually, they, they had one of those books where everyone signs and I signed his wedding book, go Habs go. Uh, anyways, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but like, you know, so I do kind of feel bad for them specifically, but I, I wonder if your hatred for, uh, for the Leafs stems a little bit from uh, back then you weren't on Twitter all the time uh, dealing with, uh, with annoying Bruins fans and, and the, the Bruins rivalry in the Twitter era has kind of died down uh, a little bit. Uh, but uh, the, the one thing I'll say is uh, this is an amazing win and we can kind of hold it over Leafs fans. But I was, I was seeing some people saying, oh, we can hold this over Leafs fans for like decades. And yeah, let's calm down here. I mean, with how the divisions work now, it's not going to be another 40 years before we face the Leafs. I, I, we need to beat them multiple times. And I hope we do because it, it did feel very good. To, yeah, I mean, I, I can't you know, stand you, Austin Matthews, you know. So, oh my God, I can't stand the whole team. I hate them all. I hate the fans. I hate everybody, <laughs> everybody <laughs> in Toronto. But uh, I mean, uh, and you touched on it on the last on the last pad, podcast. I mean, the way that the the divisions are made now, the Canadians are going to have to finish in the top four to make the playoffs, mm-hmm. uh, and that's definitely going to be an uphill battle. Not just obviously the Maple Leafs, but I mean, obviously the Lightning are in our division. Florida's playing great too. Yeah. I mean. You know, Boston, obviously. So, and and you got up and coming teams like Detroit and Ottawa, who yeah. you know probably in a couple of years are going to be top teams. So it's it's going to be tough for the Canadians to 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 stay, you know, in that top four. And yeah, I mean, it's probably not the last time that we're going to be playing uh, playing Toronto. So let, let's talk about that. And like in the grand scheme of things, obviously we wanted to beat Toronto, but. Is part of you not a little concerned that this win is going to once again kind of give the powers that be, you know, first Bergeron's definitely not getting getting fired. I mean, Duchamp's probably going to get that contract. I still really don't feel great about this team. The, of course, a lot of moves can happen from now until next season, but I don't think that many will. If anything, they might lose some guys. I mean, there's no guarantee we keep Dano and all that. I don't feel great about this team making the playoffs next year. And I wonder if this win is going to kind of stop the team from making the changes that need to happen. Cause I still think there's a huge lack on defense and, and look, we, I, I've, I've talked poorly about Shea Weber a lot about, about, about Ben Shaw. And yes, they had, a, they, they played in the last three games of the series better than played all year. 
but let's not kid ourselves either. Carey Price bailed him out a lot. You know, like this is not just that the defense figured out how to play. It's Carey Price had a masterful series. You know, like if if, if an average goalie, if, if Jake Allen is in is in net for this series, like, we're probably not talking about how great Weber and like just game set, just yesterday. Ben Sherratt had a horrible turnover, uh, and 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 Price made a masterful save that I think I think we already had the lead at this point, so we kept the lead. You know, it's so. I'm just that does this does this staff now once again think that Ben Chirot is a top two defenseman? He's not. He'd be he'd be he'd be great as a bottom pairing defenseman who plays late in a game to shut down. I I love that idea, but he's not a top pairing defenseman. You know, Shea Weber had a great series. He's still on you know still on the downhill. You know, it's 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 not going to get better next year. I don't think we're going to get a lot more series where we can run him to the ground like this. You know, like are the changes that need to happen now not going to happen? because of this win uh yeah no it is definitely definitely a concern for me too i mean i still don't have a great deal of confidence again despite game seven i mean duchamp was obviously amazing uh, in that game i i i i haven't liked what i've seen from him so far i mean who knows maybe i mean presumably he is going to be the head coach heading into next season mm-hmm Maybe with a full training camp, maybe, you know, he, he'll, he'll be more confident. He'll, you know, without the COVID situation, yeah. maybe it'll make things less complicated for him. Maybe, you know, maybe he'll be great starting next, next year. I mean, yesterday did feel like it was his system finally kind of coming together. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. And, and I mean, the one thing that's bothered me lately, and again, I think we sort of touched on this on the last podcast is, I feel like Bergevin is his sort of taking up too much room at this mm-hmm. point. He's 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 having way too much say. Yeah. Your GM is your GM, and your coach should be coaching. You know, the, the the GM shouldn't have any word on what's happening. You know, and I, I would say in the lineup, and and definitely not making any uh, goal challenges and stuff like that. Duchamp, if if you're if he's your guy, you have to let him do his thing, and hopefully, you know, that's going to be the case next year, and and hopefully he's going to be able to do what we were hoping we would see from him since the beginning. Um, but yeah, is, is, and especially on defense, it is a bit of a concern. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, the, just the one thing I, I just don't want him to, to, to try to, you know, with all these young guys that we have, hopefully, hopefully they don't do anything stupid and trade some of these young, yeah. these young players that we have. Um, you know, I mean, Shea Weber is, he's not going to be around for too many more years. You know, he's going to go to retirement and he, you know, probably in a year or two, Ben Sherratt, I mean, I wouldn't even be that, be that surprised. We, it, you know, if he went to Seattle, who knows what happens? Um, you know, again, I mean, he shouldn't be that, a top two defenseman. To me, that's but. best case scenario, honestly. Like, I don't want to, like, it, honestly, if what comes from Sherratt having a strong series against Toronto is that Seattle saw this and want them on their team, I think that's great. I mean, hey, I appreciate what he did. He he did he did great in this series and all that. But it, you have to lose someone in the expansion draft. And he's the best case scenario for the Canadians. I really believe that. Yeah, I mean, I, d- I definitely don't mind having Ben Chirot on the team. I, he just can't be in that top two role. You know, if, yeah. if he's if he's our second pairing defenseman, I'm I'm definitely yeah. fine with that. You know, but but the, it comes back to what we've talked about a million times. Then you have him and Edmondson, right? Do you need him and Edmondson as uh as your like they, they're such similar type of guys? Edmondson's cheaper. He's younger. Um. But Edmonton did did have some boneheaded turnovers in Game Six, though that uh, luckily didn't cost us the series. But 
It's just it's just this this defense is still built. I mean, at the end of the day, they still didn't get a point until game uh, game seven on defense. Then Gustafson and Petrie both got a point, I think, on the same goal during the power play. Uh, or no, no, it wasn't on the same goal. But anyways, they they both got an assist uh, in uh, in in game seven. But like to have no points from your defense from a whole series. I mean, let's not forget that uh, the top two things that happened in this series is Carey Price played a masterful series and the Leafs collapse. I I think these are those are the top two things. Yeah, more no, than absolutely. anything else in, in the Canadians. Like aside maybe from like the game seven that that was really well played by the Canadians. But I mean, I don't, I I'm kind of scared because like there, there's talk about uh, how uh, we were talking about about this how uh, what was Seth Jones is um is going to test free agency. Not it's not this year but next year uh out of Columbus, so he might be up for a trade and they're going to want an elite centerman because they just lost uh not necessarily an elite center but like a, a young strong like I'm so worried this team is going to trade Kotkaniemi. Ah, I mean, I just, well, the way that he's playing in the playoffs, like, I can't see them doing that. I mean, you know, he's, uh, well, I mean, sort of similar to, like, last season. You know, he obviously, he didn't finish the regular season last year very well. He finished, finished in Laval, and then he had a had a great playoffs, and he's obviously doing the same thing again. Yeah. So, hopefully, hopefully they're going to realize how valuable he can be when they put him in a position to succeed, like they have done, well, for the, for the better part of this series, at least. Um, so I, no, I, I don't think that Bergevin is going to make any drastic moves. I, I hope I'm, <laughs> I'm right on that. And, you know, I mean, Seth Jones, I mean, he'd definitely be a great player for the Canadians to have, but you know, I definitely wouldn't be giving up the farm for him for sure. See, that's the thing. I, I don't think I, I'm worried. I'm, part of me is a little worried and I hate to be negative in, in, in the post leaves win uh, podcast, but part of, me, part of me is worried that this, because this is what happened last year, right? They, they surprised the penguins. And then and then they lost against Philly. So let's say the same thing happens here, and we end up uh, not getting destroyed by Winnipeg, but losing like six. You know, it's it's they didn't play particularly well. They didn't play particularly bad, but you know, ended up losing you know, losing to the Jets. Then are we going into another off season where Bergman thinks, oh, I just need to make a few moves to make this team into a contender? It just I don't really, I don't think that that's the next step for this team. Is the thing right? The next step for this team is to focus on the kids and to, to do a bit more of a youth movement. You know? Yeah, definitely. I mean, hope, hopefully they're going to stick with the plan here. Um, you know, I mean, Bergevin is is going to be his last year coming up uh, on his contract. You know, potentially. You know, after that, especially after the Toronto win, I mean, pr- presumably maybe he gets a contract extension, so maybe that sort of gives him more of a reason to to not make that move and yeah. sort of sort of stick with the kids at this point um but you know i mean we'll we'll see what happens with the winnipeg series i mean if they win again yeah then <laughs> who knows? but then if they, if they win they come up probably against colorado it's either colorado or vegas and we saw what colorado again did against vegas in the first game and and look we were supposed to get crushed by toronto and we weren't but man colorado this is this is Another level past the Leafs, I think, Colorado. So, I mean, let, let, let's not look ahead of, uh, of the Jets here, obviously. But uh, it's – it's when you finish last, your road to the finals is not easy. <laughs> no, um, no. But, I mean, I think against the Jets, I mean, you know, like, like you said, we've got to take it one step at a time. But I think 100%. against the Jets, it's definitely a series that I'm feeling good about. I'm definitely feeling better against the Jets than I was against the Maple Leafs. 
Um, you know, I mean, again, it's it's a completely different series. Just, you know, they, there's completely yeah. different teams. But, you know, I mean, for me, again, just the one concern is how they're going to show up tomorrow. Hopefully they're not emotionally drained and, and, yeah. and, and you know, the, 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 the Jets are just rested. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. But I think at the end of the day, like I said, it's going to be a seven-game series. I, I think the Canadians are going to pull it out. Uh, I, I think they actually win tomorrow for me. I, th- I think that usually what, uh, what we're going to see here is a, is a team like the Jets kind of like being rusty. And just it's it's like when you see uh, you often see the 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 kind of Cinderella team win game one uh, again against the, the the team that's supposed to be much better because they haven't had to play like playoff hockey leading into the playoffs and I think this is the kind of the same thing right like they 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 swept the the Oilers it's not it was still a, a tight series but they still swept them and it's been so long since they played and the Canadians coming I think they're gonna ride the emotion from game seven into game one. Where I'm more concerned is then game two and game three when the Jets adjust and all that. And now is where we're going to see, okay, Deshaun, you did a great job adjusting to the Leafs. Now it's a whole different team. The way the Jets are built is completely different. And they're, they're, I mean, there's not necessarily one guy that you tell Dano to shut down and all that, you know. So we'll see how it goes. I definitely agree six or seven games. And I got to go for the Habs. I mean, I got I to say it's the Habs. After what they just did, I'm never going to not believe anymore. Uh, I know, I know. Screw being a pessimistic fan. Habs are going to win every game. <laughs> win every game. Never going to lose. Yeah. I, I actually think um, I think they're going to lose tomorrow, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a close game. Um, but I think they are going to come back. They're going to win games games two and three. Um, and, you know, it, it, it they're going to be tied through four, and then they're going to win, uh, you know, two out of three. And not to be understated here is that uh, there will be fans in all home games for the Canadians. Uh, even if it's just 2,500, we saw the, those 2,500 made a difference. The, oh, the, 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 the way the team came out flying in game six, and if anything, that the fans gave him confidence going into game seven. I mean, the, the, it did something. And, and I was so happy for guy, like a, the first guy that comes to mind and I'm happy for is Josh Anderson. Because here's the thing with Josh Anderson is that he's been disappointing a bit at times because with his consistency, he's one of those players. He still seems almost he seems almost younger than he is, where he seems a little immature in his decision making and he he, is, he seems so excited and nervous sometimes with the puck in big moments, but he wants the big moments. He just needs to kinda kinda figure it out and he plays hard. And you know a guy like him, the fans just give him so much energy. And I, and I'm so glad he got to experience that. And I feel like that energy bring it, you bring it to, with you on the road, you know? And and Anderson's just one guy, but all these new guys that didn't get to to feel that, you know, in in, in Montreal. So I, I think that'll be a game changer against Winnipeg. I don't know what's going on with with the the Jets if they're going to have any fans in attendance. No, I th- I think things are going uh, pretty bad in Manitoba lately. Yeah, yeah. Um, so no, I I definitely would not expect them to have any fans in attendance. Um, I mean, well, maybe like maybe sort of like Toronto, maybe. I mean, maybe they will. Maybe have some like uh, frontline workers and stuff like that. How about Toronto still blaring that fake noise? That's, that's sad. That's just sad. Like I know it's not like they didn't have twenty five hundred people, but I mean, still. Like it was. But like the thing five. is too is that like even when the Habs had like fake crowd noise, we didn't make it as loud as the Leafs did. It's like relax, guys. Such a Toronto thing. It, 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 it really is. <laughs> it, really, it, it really is. Uh, one thing I wanted to touch on still on, on the Toronto series, um, who would you say was the MVP 
except price because I mean I don't accept any other answer than price. There's no point in even really talking about it. Number one is price, but after price, who's your MVP? I th- <laughs> the one guy in in either lineup that I think was the biggest that did help the Canadians the most, if I'm being honest. Well, I know, okay, that's kind of funny, but I think it's Rasmus Sandin. He was so bad. I thought oh you were going to say Galchenyuk. <laughs> no, Sandin was so much worse. He yeah. was so, like, I feel like so many of the Canadians' goals were because of Rasmus Sandin. He was, and, you know, like, it's kind of funny because we've been talking so much about, Rom- like, obviously they're not yeah. the same player, but we keep talking about Romanov and how I can't believe... The yeah. Canadians are keeping him out. If the Canadian, if if the Maple Leafs would have kept Sandine out, I mean, they maybe they win. Yeah, because but, but the funny thing with that is so he was scratched for Game Six for, for for Travis Dermott, and then Dermott is the one who did the giveaway. That's true. Oh, time. So <laughs> you, you you never know. You never know, really. <laughs> but but no, honest. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Like, I can't point to one guy, really. It, 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 it's true, isn't it? Like, it's hard. I mean, one guy that comes to mind uh, is, is is Dano because of uh, how he kind of contained um, Matthews and all that. But at the same time, I mean, how much was the containment of Dano, of Matthews Dano, and how much of it was it um, Carey Price, you know? And it just felt like... Because Matthew, th- Matthews did have a lot of – I didn't think Matthews played that bad, actually. Mitch Marner played terrible. But Matthews had a lot of scoring chances, yeah. and I think it, it, it had – I mean, definitely Dano is, 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 is very responsible for that, but, I mean, Carey Price definitely has a huge part in that as well. Um, so, man, I don't know. There's, it, like, it's just such a team effort, honestly. Exactly. It was, it was a committee thing. On a, any given night, someone else showed up. I mean, as far as – I think the most consistent offensive threat – was Nick Suzuki actually, which is, which is amazing yeah. to see, you know, as 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 a 21 year old. I mean, uh, like uh, in Game Seven, he 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 didn't score on the power play because it deflected off Perry. But I mean, our, our power play struggled a lot this this year, not just in the playoffs, just overall. It feels like every time we score on the power play, like the last 10 times, it's come off a Nick Suzuki shot in the exact same spot. You know what I mean? Like that that was a Corey Corey Perry's goal, but it was the exact same spot we've seen. Suzuki score from like what five times this year already. So that that alone, because that that's one thing that we haven't talked about. Like the power play is a big reason the series turn around. Because yeah, I mean, as soon as know, we started scoring on the power play, we won. For sure, because I mean the power play was was definitely a a big reason the Canadians were down three one after mm-hmm. four. So I mean they yeah. didn't score. I guess game five was the first time first game they scored a power play goal, right? Yeah. So I mean. And yeah, I mean, it definitely turned around. Uh, you know, I mean, I mean, how many, how many of the last Canadians' goals were on the power play? I mean, the, well, obviously the fir- the first two goals in Game Six, uh, one in at least one in Games, one in Game Seven, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, it, it was huge, and it, and definitely was the turning point. And I mean, you want to have that confidence in the power play, and the power play, not just the goals that they scored, but I mean, they looked a lot more comfortable, a lot more organized. Because in the first four games, it was just a shit show. I mean, like it was like they, they might as well have, de- you know, de- declined the power play in the first four games because it wasn't doing anything. Yeah, for the- absolutely. If anything, it was killing momentum. Like, like you said, like, I know we joke about declining power plays, but I legitimately think declining it might've been a good thing. 
Yeah, because like you said, absolutely. I mean, it, it can kill you, especially when it goes so terribly like it did for the Canadians at some point. Um, you know, I mean, like they, I forget what game it was, but when they started the game basically with a four-minute power play, and I think they got zero shots in that four minutes. I mean, that that was a turning point right there. So, I mean, you know, hopefully they can keep it going. You know, obviously they only have the one day off, so hopefully they're they're going to keep that momentum that they just built over the last three games, and especially in Game Seven, and hopefully get off to a quick start against Winnipeg. Now, now what I've loved also with the Dano line is Jake Evans being added to that line. I th- I thought Evans, like he's a he needs to stay in the roster, and he has a spot on next year's roster, a hundred percent. I mean, he's never going to be a top like line guy necessarily, but like that's the thing. It's turned that line into a proper shutdown line, mm-hmm. and a- adding his speed. But it's kind of weird where like we, we, like people were pissed about Caulfield not being a line. Pissed about um, Kotkaniemi kept talking about Romanov. Absolutely, no one seems to even remember Thomas Tatar is a Montreal Canadian. <laughs> I mean, he was he he's been he was invisible for the most part yeah. in, in that series. I mean, and even even the later parts of the season. I mean, he didn't have a very good season, um, especially. But you like know, statistically, like points wise, he was still one of the top points getter on the team. You know. Yeah, but I feel like he like even when he does get the points, like I don't know, it just he doesn't seem to do much. Like yeah. he seems to turn the puck over a lot, but I mean, definitely in this series, I mean, he didn't step his game up whatsoever. That's the thing. He can't, no. he doesn't have that playoff gear that other people have, you know? No, no, he doesn't. And I mean, Jake Evans has definitely stole his spot here probably for the remainder of the playoffs. And, you know, but we'll, even if I mean, there's Jake an injury, Evans, like I keep Evans on that spot. And like, I, I like his ba- the the offensive line is now like if you're if you if we if you want to stick the first line second line third line third line like the, the first line as far as offense it's Suzuki Defoli Caulfield I mean I think there's no conversation there and then Dano really comes more into a shutdown line and the Kadkaniemi line has turned into kind of like a everything line right they're hard to play against the two big bodies and Anderson and Kadkaniemi hitting a bunch Byron's speed and, and defensive responsibility you can kind of put him out in any any situation and then even the Eric Stahl, Corey Perry, and Army line is, has looked fantastic. I mean, I can't like we're blessed to have Army on the four, fourth line the way he's been playing. And Perry is another name I didn't mention before that could be considered as one of the MVPs for this team uh, in, uh, in in the first round. He, he he's he's been he's been a game changer for this team all year. Yeah, and I mean you know big props to Wayne Simmons for turning down the Canadians and signing oh with the God. <laughs> because we wouldn't have Corey Perry and uh, you know without Corey Perry uh, Dude, we wouldn't have you know, Tyler Toffoli either that's the thing that's yeah that's that's a good point because we wouldn't have been able to with the salary cap yeah exactly so yeah I mean that was definitely a big uh, a big turning point for the Canadians not signing Wayne Simmons what about uh, Toffoli yeah. though he's actually the top scorer on the team after the first round which surprised me I feel like I didn't really? barely saw him yeah he's got five points uh, then Armia the four players have four points. Armia, Suzuki, uh, Perry, and Stahl all have four points. Uh, yeah, that is surprising. I didn't realize that. That's definitely yeah. pretty surprising. Um, yeah, I mean, to you know, he, definitely, especially in the first couple of games, I thought he was pretty invisible, but he did definitely seem to turn it on in the last, well, yeah. the last three games. Um, hey, you know, let's he, be clear, though. His two goals is one five-on-three goal and one empty net goal. Yeah. You know, but but I mean, still, he 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 was definitely more involved in the play. He he looked more threatening in the last, uh, in, well, in the wins, basically. Um, you know, and and hopefully, you know, I mean, he's obviously a big part of the Canadians. He was, mm-hmm. 
you know, I think seventh in the NHL in goals this year. So the Canadians are going to need him for sure. Um, and, you know, he had a lot of success when he was playing out West. So hopefully he can keep it going against Winnipeg. I mean, it's really the scoring by committee that's going to make it work for this team. It's going to have to keep being the the same thing, essentially. Because I, I, just, I just went through the lines there. And, and you look at the, the top scores on the team, you, you you see it spread throughout the lines, you know. And I, I didn't mention, like, Kudkiniemi had – he had three points, but they're all they're all goals, right? So he's the top goal scorer on the team coming out of it. And and you gotta think Cole Caulfield at some point. I mean, I don't want to criticize him. Obviously, he's a rookie and and he's playing great for a rookie. And even though he hasn't scored, I mean, obviously he had the assist on the um, on the overtime goal, and he had a great great assist to uh, to Petrie uh, yesterday too on that like four on two or 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 whatever it is. And it seems like he's hit like five posts. And he. Even though he hasn't scored, it feels like he has. You know what I mean? Like he, he just brings this offensive energy to the team, and 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 it kind of gives a bit of of momentum. And it's like I, I've often often seen Caulfield hits the ice, creates a scoring opportunity, and then the line after that comes on, and they they kind of carry on that momentum that Caulfield created. Well, I mean, he he's a game breaker. I mean, obviously, you know, he hasn't scored in the playoffs yet, but I mean, he's he he's constantly a threat. He's always yeah. buzzing. And the other team, I mean, for sure, they always have to be looking out for him. Yeah. You know, I mean, Sheldon Keefe said today that, you know, when Kucky Namings and in, uh, Caulfield came into the lineup, that was a turning point of the series. So, yeah. you know. And don't you I feel think... like it's going to unblock at some Like, against the Jets, I feel like he gets, like, three goals minimum. Like, assuming the series goes, like, six, seven games, I, I feel definitely... like he gets at least three goals. Yeah, I, I could definitely see him see him finally getting a couple of goals here, um, because I mean, you know, he he definitely didn't play bad against the Maple Leafs. No. I think he I think he was maybe playing a little bit more responsibly defensively because yeah. I thought he played really well. He had a lot of good uh, good plays in the defensive zone, yeah, in the neutral zone. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely think he can. Uh, he's going to put a couple in the net against Winnipeg. I mean, I'm not, I'm not really that concerned about this forward group. It's really the defense. It's just I'm curious to see how. Duchamp is gonna go because you can't run only four defensemen the entirety of the seven game series, the entirety of the playoffs, and they they didn't do it at the beginning. So I'm I'm really curious to see what he's going to do going to game one, game two, and that's what I'd like to see. I really like to see Romanov slot in, but I don't know if he's gonna want to change a quote unquote winning formula. But I really think it's Justin looked really good yesterday. He he did not look bad, definitely not. But I mean. Take out Kulak then. Not that I think Kulak deserves to be scratched. I just think there's value to – it's game one. Allow Romanov to see the ice just for the simple fact that if something does happen and he has to slot in, he hasn't – and it's like game six or game seven, he hasn't gone like, what, a month without playing. You know what I mean? Like early in the, the series is the time. Give him some sheltered minutes. Just allow him to get – Get a game in, and and maybe he has a good game. You know who knows? Just 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 give him an opportunity here. I think. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. I mean, have him on that third pairing. You know, I mean, even like you said, if he has to play minimal minutes, and and yeah. fine. Do you know, the same there's... thing where you play him with Weber, you play him with Petrie, yeah. like they did with Gustafson and, and Kulak at the beginning of a, of yesterday's game. Just 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 do that, but just get him some ice time. Yeah, well, as long as John Merrill doesn't play, doesn't play, I think yeah. we can all agree on that. Yeah, you know, I think yeah, I, th- I think you can't go really too wrong with the uh, with the rest of them. I mean, Gustafson definitely brings a brings another dimension like we saw yesterday. And Kulak, I mean, Kulak's just, a, I mean, he's he he's steady. He's steady back there. He does it. He does it all. 
but yeah, I'd love to see Romanov in there for sure. Hopefully, like you said earlier, uh, rather than later. And I don't want to touch like last thing I wanted to talk about, and I want, I don't want to necessarily touch too much on the off season stuff. But as far as Canadians UFAs go, do you think this series changes things a little bit? With I mean, Tatar is almost guaranteed now not to resign. Like I don't even think he's gonna to want to resign, right? Um, Dano, we there's been a lot of talk about this contract. And after the game, like we kind of, I feel like we both agree that maybe it's a little overblown him shutting down Matthews, and a lot of it was more Carey Price, but he still played very solid, and this team is much better with Deno in the lineup. But now is he going to be saying his agent's going to be telling Bergevin that he shut down Matthews and needs to get six point five million dollars a year for seven years? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's going to be a complicated one. Um, you know, it's it's going to be hard to find that number that they can agree on. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, I'm I, I'm sure Dano would love to stay with the Canadians. The Canadians definitely want to keep him. I mean, I think, you know, the fans would definitely agree that we, we'd love to have Dano. And, and he, you know, the Canadians are definitely better with him in the lineup in that third-line center role. Uh, but it's it, it might be tough to find that number for sure. I mean, you I know, can't go he, much higher than five. I don't know about you, but five yeah. – I feel like yeah. it helps being like, look, Tyler Toffoli signed. He's at 4.25, and he just scored, uh, I forget how much, but 30-plus goals. We can't yeah. give you that much more. Like, I don't know. Like, But they're going to say he shut down Matthews, and you need someone to shut down Matthews for the next, you know, seven years. Yeah, Dano is, de- is going to be a tough one for sure. And, and yeah, it would be hard to give him more than five, maybe five and a half. Yeah. You know, if, if he's looking for like six and a half, which – I don't know. Maybe he will be, and I I wouldn't be super surprised if he were to get something like that, six and six, six or six and a half, with another team. Yeah. But you know, hopefully at the end of the day we can make it work somehow. But you know, aside from that, like some of the other guys, it's I mean, Tatar is obviously up the door at this point. Tatar is gone, and honestly, that money could be better used on 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 defense. Um, I think. But Armia, I've liked the way Armia's looked. In this series, and I think the coaching staff like him. Once again, depends on how much money he wants, right? Because you look at his numbers, he shouldn't fetch that much of a high salary. And if, if they can keep Armia on a reasonable salary, I I I, I don't hate re-signing him. It depends on uh, the number, uh, of course. And here's the thing: it's a flat cap and everything. Players saw what happened in free agency last year, so may- maybe we can get some some some, some discounts here, you know. Yeah, maybe get him in a one-year deal. And I think, you know, him and Lekkinen are maybe sort of in the same boat where, I mean, I think, you know. Well, Lekkinen's an RFA, though. Yeah, yeah, well, that's true. Yeah, he's an RFA. But, I mean, I I think, you know, you probably could hopefully get both of them on a one-year deal, not too Mm -hmm. high, like you said. I mean, because of the flat cap, they don't – neither one of them really have the the best numbers. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I I, I think I'd love to see them both back for sure. And then the old guys. Now, Stahl – I don't know if he has another year in him, but do you re-sign Corey Perry? I mean, if we can get him at the minimum again, definitely. I'd, I'd be bringing Corey Perry back for sure. Yeah. Hey, yeah, Eric Stahl, I mean, no. I, I don't think that that would make any sense. Like, as well as he's played in uh, in the playoffs, in this series, like he had some flashes, some good moments, I do think he's done. And, and let's not forget who we have in the pipeline, right? Paling just had an amazing season in the AHL. He deserves a, an opportunity to make this roster. Jake Evans is proving that he's, he's an NHL player. He might be better suited on the wing, but he can still, you know, he can still slot in at center if, if, if needed. Yeah. So, 
So it seems like obvious to me, but Corey, Corey Perry, honestly, just as someone who watches the games, he's just, he's just fun to watch. He, he, oh. like sometimes he just does these slow motion moves, and it's just so enjoyable to see. Then it's Corey Perry in the Habs jersey, and it's just, I don't know. I, I if of of course, once again, like you said, minimum close to it, if not minimum, you know, I think they can get those like bonus like salaries because he's thirty five plus, you know. But uh, yeah, I'd sign him again for sure. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. If we can get him, uh, and you know, I mean, why wouldn't he want to come back here with the way, you know, the way the things are going? And I mean, he's, you know, he's a good, he's a good guy to have around the young kids too. I think so. Definitely, I'll, I'll definitely bring back Corey Perry. And then on defense, I mean, I think everybody can leave. <laughs> you know, well, well, I mean, well, there's Merrill, obviously Gustafson. I don't think he's going to be coming back. Uh, you know, I mean, who else is there that's going to be in an RFA or no? UFA? No one else. No one else. Everyone else. No, no. Weber, Petrie, Edmondson, Sherrod, Kulak, all signed into next year. Uh, Romanov also, uh, obviously. I'd like to see, I like unless they can acquire like a top flight defenseman. I'd rather they give a chance to guys like Leskinen or Kale Fleury as the bottom pairing guy instead of signing another kind of bottom pairing guy, you know, if they can go get a top pairing guy, that's one thing, but it, I, I don't think we need any more of these, you know, Edmondson and Sherrod and Kulak types. We have those yeah. and the rest can be filled out by, by the young kids that they have coming up, you know? Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. I mean, I, I actually, I think Leskin is an RFA. Um, I, after what he did in yeah, the AHL is, yeah. this year, I'm not too sure he's going to, you know, if, if the Canadians try to sign him to like a two, two way deal again, and, and it looks like he's not going to get the chance in the NHL. I wouldn't even be that surprised if he just goes back home, that, that could be a possibility. Oh, okay. So, you know, I'd, I'd like to see him definitely get an opportunity, at least get the opportunity, you know, not guarantee him a spot or anything, but he is 24 at this point too. Right. Yeah, so exactly. He's probably, he's at that point where he's like, I need my NHL shot. Or like you said, I'm going to go back home. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I'd, I'd love to see him get a shot for sure. And, you know, after that, you got some of the young kids coming, uh, you know, maybe Norlander in the next year or so, maybe you'll, will come over, um, you know, Jordan Harris. I mean, who knows what's going to happen with him? The Canadians will lose his rights, uh, short, well, at the end of next year, if he doesn't sign. So, but yeah, I mean, definitely I'd, I'd like, I'd like to see some of the young kids get a chance for sure. All right, I think that pretty much does it for uh, for this week's episode. And unless uh, you had anything else you want to cover, I think we're both in agreement. We both see the Canadians uh, uh, beating the Jets here, and uh, it's gonna it's gonna be a close series. It's gonna, it's gonna be a good series. Uh, it's gonna be an exciting one for sure. But uh, yeah, hopefully the Canadians. Hopefully we're not wrong again, and hopefully this time we're right that the Canadians are gonna win. Oh, are you saying that we should instead do a reverse jinx and say the Jets? <laughs> the ones <that> can... <laughs> Yeah, some re- reverse psychology, but yeah, hopefully, uh, no. I mean, I, th- I think the Canadians are definitely more of a. I don't, I don't know if they're necessarily a favorite going in against Winnipeg, but no, uh, you know, especially so. with what they did to to uh, to the Oilers. But I think just the fact that the Oilers, the the Jets have all this rests, and because we've talked about injuries, the Jets can't have that many injuries right now, right? Like as, as far as like those small lingering injuries, they've had more than enough time to recover from then. So over a seven game series, I think most people, cause I think they're really close on paper. They're really, really close on paper. But if you're looking at the situation and here's the thing too, the schedule for this series, because the North division is still a little bit behind all the other divisions is co- really compact, right? You know, 
back to backs in the playoffs kind of frustrate me, but that's what we're having it again uh, here with the Jets. So I do think the Jets should be the favorites, but I think this Canadians team can pull it off once again. I mean, definitely. I'm not going to be betting against the Canadians after what they did against the Leafs. No. That's for sure. Never. Uh, I, I never know. bet and on anything involving the Canadians in general. I don't. I don't, I don't trust me to not be emotional enough, and I don't, I don't want to put my money through that. Yeah, well, I actually bet on them uh, in game one against Toronto and won, so, so that oh, was – Oh, there you go. Oh, maybe I'll do that again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sounds good. So we'll, we'll be back next week, uh, and we promise that even if the Canadians have a few bad games, we won't be uh, uh, talking about them like it's uh, the complete end of the world. I mean, honestly, is winning the Cup can't feel that much better than beating the Leafs. So, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty happy with this uh, with this playoff year so far. <laughs> Uh, regardless of what happens against Winnipeg. But we'll be back next week to talk about what happened uh, against the Jets. So, as always, uh, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.